Hi, my name is Tanya Richard. Who the fuck are you? Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends. Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Who the fuck are you? Guess who's back? Back again. And that's right. It's me, Kevin Alves, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? Hey gang, sorry I've been gone for a little bit. Been having a bunch of shit going on, been trying to get a bunch of shit together, and I had to take a little break. You know, it happens. Uh, life has been crazy. It's been moving pretty fast, as Ferris Bueller said. I uh, left my job of 13 years and starting a new career today, this Monday that this is released, so I'm probably doing that right now if you're listening to it, you know, on that Monday. My wife and I took a great vacation to San Diego and checked out the dog beach and the zoo and all sorts of things. It was so nice. And finally, the thing that we've been working the hardest on is that there's a new show from Big Talk Podcast called Junk Drawer. That's right. It's a whole new show. It's hosted by myself and my good friend Josh Sigorin. And every episode, we give you the history of one of the things that you find randomly in your junk drawer. Scotch tape, whiteout, silly putty, everything that you find there, we'll go through piece by piece and give you the history of all that stuff. Each episode, we swap off hosting duties, so that means whoever's hosting is also the one that picked the topic and did all the research, and the person who's not the host just sits there and learns, so everything's happening in real time the same time as you. Come check out Junk Drawer from Big Talk Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and on our website at BigTalkChicago.com. That's BigTalkChicago.com. Whoever has BigTalkPodcast.com, give it to me. I am super stoked to be able to talk to our guest today. She is an amazingly talented writer, actor, podcast host. She's an activist. She does it all. And she's also a really fucking nice person. Please welcome to the show, Tanya Richard. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. That was such a fun reveal because the name that you have on your Zoom is William. And I was like, I just started checking. I was like, did I send this to the wrong person? Is somebody just showing up tonight? And I was waiting for this curtain to fall and to be yeah, some right. totally different person. I emailed you saying, yeah, it might say William Galls. It's the, you know, the wonder of multiple people working from home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like- oh, yeah. There's the, we, my wife and I found out very quickly that if you have one account, you can't be signed into at the same time in two different places You sure can. <laughs> because we kept shutting each other's meeting off and we're like, right. what's going on? And, and there's some out. people who literally like won't click if it's a name they don't recognize. And then they're like, oh, shoot, how do I let them know? You know? Oh, it's just so <laughs> it's super handy. Like this year, it's really helped out this past year. Thank God. And it hopefully will still help out moving forward, making things easier. Uh, things just uh, such as this. Yeah. But at the same time, man, oh man, <laughs> there's so many things that can go wrong at any given moment. It just makes me crazy. I know. How were you this fine Friday night, a Friday night? It's, it's so strange to be sitting and relaxing and kind of doing nothing. Usually Friday is the night that people go out and do the stuff. So it's nice to kind of sit and chill. Well, I don't know those people because that is not me. <laughs> are, you, oh, are you a homebody type? Or are you the type oh. that are you love to go out to? Or like, are you a mix? Like, where are you at? I am... A major, major homebody. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm an extroverted introvert. So mm. it takes a lot to get me to go out. And I have to mentally prepare for it. Like, 
a good week in advance. Mm -hmm. There's always the chance it could bail real fast. That is correct. Uh, During this past year of this crazy pandemic stuff, uh, during this time being at home, did you find out anything new about yourself as far as like, did you find out that you have any like new hobbies that you've been like really taking up and really pursuing or something that you really dove at that you've been like, you know what, fuck it. I've been meaning to do this. Let's just fucking give this a shot. Well, uh, one of the things I uh, discovered was, uh, you know, hobby or secret power was um, the attempt to stay alive because I did get COVID. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Pre-vaccination yeah. and everything. Pre- yeah, I got it in March. Oh, and no. um, then it turned into pneumonia and I'm now a card carrying long hauler. So. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. But I mean, like, what was that? Uh, oh, God. I can't imagine having those back to back like that. Oh God, it was awful. And COVID was bad. I was home the whole time. I was never hospitalized. Thankfully. That's good. Um, it's of course it was at a time where they were basically like begging you not to come to the hospital. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um, but also in some ways the pneumonia was worse. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure ha- I'm, I'm sure that a, that COVID beforehand too didn't help that process any. I'm sure yeah. that kind of helped beep up that worse. But uh, so are you, are you having any kind of like long term, like what's your long term issues then? Or are you, is it, please tell me you can smell and taste at least because that would make me insane. Oh my God. I never lost that. And I have oh, that's to good. say, if I did, oh, that would have been terrible. Um, mm. The long haul stuff has a lot to do with um, the airwaves still Mm -hmm. very easily getting inflamed. I had seasonal asthma. Now it's chronic Um, memory loss likes to um, or memory fog, you know, the fog brain from Mm -hmm. long haul. So it's just a different um, level of needing to be aware, knowing how to pace myself. And so it was particularly interesting and, um, I learned a lot about sort of what I need to sort of um, be at performance level and uh, was really specific about how to pace myself, what I needed to ask for, um, advocating for myself, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, I actually just learned a lot about myself in terms of how much I can sustain and hold a lot of different emotions and needs, you know, when you're shut down with your family like that Mm -hmm. and everybody has a strong personality and very specific needs and very strong emotions. Um, there was a lot and somehow I managed to be able to, um, kind of navigate it and help support, um, sometimes at a cost for my own sort of sanity and (laughs) (laughs) right but I was able to do it and I was like wow I I I, we really went through a lot um and I really don't feel like it was like knocked me down you Mm -hmm. know yeah 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 yeah. that now I know like moving forward and even this week because I have a bunch of different projects going on and it's a little overwhelming but every time I'm about to like go, this is too much. I just go, okay, you, you did schoolgirls, <laughs> and your family has come so far throughout this year, and everybody's 
emotionally and physically in such a better place than they were. I'm mm-hmm. like, you got this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's actually kind of uh, something that I've been talking to my therapist about a lot, a lot lately. And what she's really been pushing is is that we've got to remember that those even in throughout this past year or whatever, there's been some bright spots and some good stuff. And those yeah. are the things that get you through and you right. gotta, you can't, you can't sit on that garbage stuff. Cause the garbage stuff is usually like one or two things and yeah. all the other stuff is usually about like 10 others, but you forget about that. Cause you're not focused on it. And that kind of really helps break through. So that's yeah. a, that's wonderful. Cause I think this year, definitely. I know for myself, when we first got locked down, I'm like, what's the big deal. We're going to be hanging out at house. This is it's fucking great. I've been waiting for this for so long, blah, blah, blah. But you don't realize as you get down that road, how rough that can be of not having that interaction with the family and friends that you love or being able just to go somewhere and see the people and do the stuff. And it can really take a toll on you. Then you, especially when you're surrounded by the rest of the world falling apart around you all the time and you have nothing that you can fix it with magically, it just really just get, getting kicked in the stomach for a little while and you wake up and you do it again, but you just don't realize anyone's doing it until like two months down the road. You're like, why do I feel so sore? Oh, the world's beat me. Oh yeah. And then also this idea of everything we've gone through. And then now it's the process of re-entry. I don't think anybody should take re-entry for granted. Absolutely not. thing. I had many <laughs> panic attacks in the grocery store, like getting like during those times when it was free to go back out. And all of a sudden yes. there was way more people and less masks and things like that. And I was like, Oh, this should be fine. I got this. And I go stand yeah. in line for another two seconds. I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Pouring yeah. sweat, breathing heavy. I'm like, ah, done, done, done. Yeah. And nobody's yeah. prepared us for that. They just opened the gate and let us back into the woods. And I'm like, we, we had some more time. We needed to talk. And okay. 100%. yeah, it's been, um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful process of <laughs> relearning about humanity and how fucked up it is. Um, but let's yeah. talk about some fun, uplifting things. Okay. I, going through my notes and learning more about you so we can chat, uh, became quickly exhausted <laughs> just from reading all of your compliments. I had to take a nap before this started so I could wake up and get rested again. Um, and I mean, because you are actor, writer, podcast host, you're an educator, you, I don't, you probably do a thousand other things in the world. Uh, but what I really love too, in finding the research, cause I found, uh, your website, of course, in your reels, uh, for your on-camera work. And I was looking at your, uh, commercial reel and I am realizing that I've actually been watching you for a very long time what? because of your Lowe's commercial. And especially yet the, the BMO bank spot that you did oh gosh, where the woman so thought funny. you were like a robot. And she was like, Oh, you can say a lot of stuff because I used that commercial came on all the time. I believe in the mornings boy, I was getting ready for work and it, I loved it because it was so charming and you were so genuine in that commercial. And it was just made, it was like a, that, that little bright spot in the morning. I was like, no, oh, I love that commercial. That's, oh, that's great. So, commercial. Funny. so as soon as it came through on your reel, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> because I've also been doing this thing where like, because I've seen you uh, do uh, you know, some performances online and things over the summer and, and social media and stuff like that. And I'm like, I've seen her somewhere. So playing that game of like, I've seen her somewhere in something. Yeah. I know what it was, but it was the BMO spot. You but know, you- that, that happens with, partly because of my voice. And then I've been fortunate to have a couple of those types of commercials that, you know, good for me, maybe not people having to watch them all the time where they sort of (laughs) like that commercial was one of the commercials Mm -hmm. when you have Hulu. Yes. Yes. If you have ads still. So people's 
my voice gets in people's ears. And that's sometimes if they see me in something else, I'm like, they're like, Oh, where do I know her from? And they're just hearing the voice. Oh, my Hulu binging. That's where I know you from. Yes. 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 (laughs) Uh, Are you originally from Chicago? Are you a local or were you a transplant into that city? I grew up in a suburb of Chicago. Okay. So I definitely feel like a Chicagoan, but not until I was in my twenties because I was in a suburb. Gotcha. Where what suburbs you grew up in? Western Springs. Okay. Did so you come to the selfish. city for school itself, or did you kind of do? Were you the were you the ones that left the nest, saw some stuff, and then came back? So I went to uh, Illinois State University in okay. Normal, Illinois, and. Uh, sort of went there because in high school, I just learned about the sort of folklore of Steppenwolf Mm -hmm. and that ensemble. And it just, in my mind, was the only place I wanted to go. So I went to ISU to study theater. And then when you're at ISU to study theater, it sort of almost just seems like the track you're on is then you're going to go to Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, well, that's nice because I'm from there anyway. Perfect. I'm familiar. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And so then I came back to Chicago and um, I got lucky quickly. So I started working fairly quickly. I um, performed for a, a good decade and then I started to want to write roles that mm-hmm. broke some of the stereotypes that black women find themselves in. Mm-hmm. So I, and I, I had always written ever since I was a kid. So I started writing plays. Um, so it and, seems that as a performer in theater and arts have been just instilled from you for like, from the get go, like it wasn't something that you kind of discovered later on. It sounds like since how, how old were you when you were like interested in, in learning more about writing and like getting into that world? Well, so I have been writing since I was, in grade school. Okay. And I used to um, do fan fiction, which I didn't realize was fan fiction because okay. I love all the out- fan fiction. Yes. Yeah. So I love The Outsiders, the book by Essie Hinton. Okay. And I used to write like um, additional stories and chapters or similar storylines. For the outsider it- gang? That's pretty yes. great. <laughs> um, so I'd always written um, and what it all really ultimately comes down to though, is, you know, it feels like at my core, I'm a storyteller mm-hmm. and theater writing and theater were my first ways of um, telling story. And then throughout the years, I just have continually done it in different formats. And for a while it felt like that was a bad thing. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. just choose one thing until I realized no, it's all part of the same thing because ultimately it's about being a storyteller and then just choosing the right vessel for right. the story. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what was? Do you remember? Uh, I loved. I love to ask this question. Do you remember the first time that you? What was the first thing that you saw that really triggered you to be like, I want to do that? Were you? Did we did. Was it musicals that drew you in, or were you like? Did you hit the spot of like I want to be an actor and performer for the sake of? film or did you always love the theater side of it? I always loved the theater side of it. I fell in love with plays and reading plays. Like Mm -hmm. that was like my comic books practically. Like I'd go to the library and just like hang out in the theater section and read all the plays. You know, it's funny. I fell in in love with the idea of performing before I fell in love with musicals, which was the first thing. Uh I'm a major, I am a 
you know, I'm somewhat um, retired, but still really a major musical theater geek. Okay. Um, All right. But I actually fell in love with the idea of performing when I went and saw my sister when she was in high school in a variety show. Oh, wow. And she was playing guitar. And then after the show, she told the story about how while she was out on stage or someone else was out on stage backstage, one of the dancers had sprained her ankle and there was all this stuff going on backstage, but somehow it was never revealed with the performances on stage. And um, I just was fascinated by the idea of on stage and off stage. The two worlds, yeah. Happening simultaneously. And I was like, I have to be behind those scenes. Like, what's going on back there right now? I have now? to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, as a storyteller, as you've said, love to write and perform. Have you ever had the chance to perform what you write as far as like a play goes? Because I know that you've done some live lit because you're also an essayist and, and you've written a few books. One has a title that's just longer than my arm and I don't want to get into that in a minute, which I love. Uh, but have you ever uh, had a chance to be able to write something specifically for yourself? Yeah, I've written and performed a couple solo pieces. Um, one in particular, which, you know, on paper, you're like, even I sometimes I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Because um, I have sort of a very unusual story around <laughs> a very unusual story around my parents and them dying within eight months of each other. Oh, wow. And after that, finding out all these family secrets, including the fact that I had a brother. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, wow. You have already, it sounds like the, that's like the, that's the cold open of your movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, I believe, um, you know, my father passed, then my mother passed eight months later in, I believe it was February. And by that summer I had written and was having a solo piece produced and directed by a theater um, and I performed it and it was called Truth Be Told. And it was about growing up, the experience of my parents, um, my dad getting sick, my mom had dementia at the end mm-hmm. and um, then the secrets that were revealed. Um, so, you know, the, the part of me that's like, what the fuck was I thinking was, who does that? <laughs> well, I mean, that's as artists, we, we, yeah. that's how we express and, 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 and work through those moments and things exactly. like that. It's like, I have to tell everyone about this and I'm going to do it like this. And right. you know, that's, and that is always been part of my therapeutic process. It's never been that close timing wise, mm-hmm. but I always end up using my writing, not in a sort of like, you know, um, indulgent way, I hope, but, um, I have tended to always at certain points in my life, write about the things that have happened to me. And by doing that, I'm able to process them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I really sort of process the shock and grief around what happened um, through that solo show um, to the point where it might've been a little too clean because I'm like, 
Now, just because you closed a show doesn't mean like all the grief and pain goes away. (laughs) And done. Great. Thank you so much, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I know uh, I've written a a few very short plays and things like that. And I know the hardest thing uh, for me as a writer, especially when it comes to writing plays and things like that, is uh, turning that over to someone else to let them now take over and direct and tell that story. Right. What was it like for you then as uh, the writer and also the actor of the same show to kind of turn that over to your director because i'm assuming you had a different director you had you had a director come in um to then have that director direct what you wrote in our just for you well i mean did you ever hit a time where they were like we should cut this because of this 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 and you're like i'll fucking kill you if we cut that because that's important to this and this and this and that you did you ever have those big moments where you're like that's my baby you don't cut that part out i'll kill you right you know i've been really lucky and in particular with truth be told um partly why it all happened so quickly was because um, this guy was a producer of a theater and, and we ran into each other and I was like, yeah, I'm working on um, a solo piece about my parents, blah, 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 blah. And then I don't know, like two days later, he was like, okay, so it's in the summer season. I was oh, like, wow. I hadn't written anything. <laughs> I am just thinking about this. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote it. Um, and this particular person really gets my writing, oh, okay. really understands my voice and is really good um, dramaturgically in terms of like really figuring out why you're telling the story. So I'll never forget as I would show him pages, he would simply, he would sometimes just distill it to um, why should I care? Mm -hmm. And not because like, I don't have empathy, but like, why am I sitting here talking about listening to you talk about this? And um, it really helped it not be that sort of self-indulgent journal entry, but right. something that was about grief and how important it is to speak your truth and how family secrets may serve the moment, but not the people in the family mm-hmm. and the legacy and all of that. So um, it was a powerful experience. And I know you do so much. Do you have a, 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 a pref, uh, do you have a style that you prefer to use? Cause I know you play, you're a playwright, you're an essayist, you've written a books, which I'm, I actually want to go ahead and bring up the name of this book and I'll have to read it because I'm glad you're not going to ask me. Cause I honestly probably couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you have two books out one called the unexpected life uh, interviews about embracing the unexpected. And you also have <clears throat> <laughs> My so-called unexpected life, 10 things I did to meet and marry my man, be a stepmom, have babies, and embrace the life I never knew I wanted. And seen. <sighs> thank you. Thank you. Crowd noise. <laughs> crowd noise. Um, so it seems that a lot of your writings at least are um, about you and your life. Uh, do you have a favorite way to sit down and tell those stories? Like you, are you more of an essayist that every once in a while, like has an idea for a book, put together a book or a play idea, or do you really just prefer to sit down and be a playwright to tell those stories through characters? I think, um, I, my favorite medium is essays, Mm -hmm. um, speaking in first person. It's just how I, um, I, you know, I love to share my experiences and, and, and hopefully people will connect to them um, using most of the time humor. Um, that is the most satisfying, the most fun for me. 
what would come after that would be sort of content creating, which gotcha. is essentially performing what you're writing, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know what it is, but I'm just, saying, like, right. let me what? explain to what you. What are you talking about? I don't understand. What, <laughs> what do you um, do again? Who are you? What's going on? But, you know, for a hot minute and I'm over it now, but um, I used to, have, I have a YouTube channel and I created a lot of content there. Mm-hmm. And then for a hot minute, I was really enjoying TikTok during the pandemic because oh, yeah. it's this like ability to do a quick story um, using um, yourself your perspective mm-hmm. video. Um, but, uh, but ultimately that too is, um, a variation of essay form, uh, as opposed to like totally fictional stories. Um, I do have a, you know, yes, I've written those books. I, I think about writing another book, but man, that's a, Long. Oh, it's process. a daunting process. I got it excited really one day because I was like, oh, I have an idea for a book that would be a yeah. fun series. And then I was like, yeah. hey, maybe I should write that. And then I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, that sounds like it's oh, so long. I don't. It's a lot wow. of work. Yeah, I got stuff to do. Like, yeah, go to the beach and <laughs> have some cocktails. And <laughs> or I'm realizing too, it's just about control again because it's like, all of the things that go into writing a book versus what I can do through my blog, through mm-hmm. um, various platforms. I, I like getting um, content out there mm-hmm. and I'm not terribly interested in the delays that have nothing to do with the actual story. creativity. Right. Waiting art. for your, what you wrote to sit on somebody's desk, quote yes. unquote, these days, actually somebody in their inbox, but on their desk to figure out what they want to do with it. Even like a what book we... proposal. Yeah. It's like, we get back to people in three to six months. I'm like, I could have created like <laughs> freaking so many things. Right. I want to move away from the writing for a minute because we've got so much to talk about and so little time to do it. We can't, I mean, there's, again, I'm exhausted just from thinking about how busy you are. It seems like. I'm so um, glad that the exhaustion didn't, wasn't from boredom. No, no. <laughs> no, it was like, oh, I just don't have enough time to absorb all this before we chat because there's so much because oh, as we've said, you've just finished a show at the Goodman because we're, we're moving away from your writing. We're going to talk about acting for a little bit too, because you've done a whole bunch of that and you're really good at what you do. Um, and so you've, you, you've been in the Goodman, you've worked at Steppenwolf, you have been on Empire, Chicago Justice, Chicago Fire, you were in a Love, Lovecraft Country, was it country? Yes, yes, country. or county, I think country, so. I Lovecraft, think it was ca- Lovecraft County. county, I think it was county, county, great, I get confused. Let's go with easy. county. Yes, that Lovecraft show, that was amazing. That's right. Um, you've, you've done a lot of amazing projects. Do you have the preference of do you prefer to work on film or do you prefer to work on theater? Like, do you, do you prefer that live audience in front of you or do you like the idea of having everything around you and being able to wash that away and just focus on your partner and while well, all this camera and crew are around you? I prefer where they're hiring me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we definitely have something in common. And that's my favorite kind of acting, you know, the one with the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, that's a, it's interesting. So much of what I love about performing is mm-hmm. the stuff. And I think it's from the moment, you know, the spark was ignited at my sister's variety show. You know, I love being on a film set because like there's craft services and you get to be in the makeup chair it's all and the, the trailer and you have someone mm-hmm. following you around saying Tanya's <laughs> coming Tanya. like I love that stuff right oh it's so fun and it's such a and I like the science of it mm-hmm. right 
And then with theater, what I love about it, as much as the performance, of course, is a, is a huge part of that, is the green room. Mm-hmm. Is when it's someone's birthday and there's a cake and the gossip at the, you know, the sign-in. That becomes a part of like, it's not really a preference. It's about, um, I mean, partly such a, it's such a kick that I get to do this. It's mm-hmm. such a, every time I do it, I'm like, well, this could be the last one. This could be my last time on a set. Very fickle, fickle place. Yeah. So I just live it up and, and enjoy it and appreciate it um, for that moment. So I don't necessarily have a preference um, because in a way, I guess you get the same thing that like turns me on the most about it, which mm-hmm. is the atmosphere, the experience. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to talk about your podcast, Tanya's Take Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. Yes. And you've been doing this since 2019. You've got you've been running this podcast for a while. Um, tell us about about the podcast, the theme, because I know also you're very you're very much an anti racism racism educator and a, a diversity, equity, inclusion consultant. Like you do so much uh, on the outside of entertainment um, yeah. through your podcast and everything else. Talk up a little bit about what spurned the start of this podcast and and how long have you been an educator in this realm? Yeah. Um, so. I had another podcast called Race Bait, and I, mm. it was with a co-host, and mm-hmm. that went for a few years. After that ended, I still had more to say, and um, Tanya's take emerged, and I still definitely, because the uh, previous podcast was covering topics of race, definitely through that dynamic between a, a Black woman and a white man, mm-hmm. um, and after that experience, I really actually wanted to um, center myself and not in a kind of indulgent way, but I learned some things about that experience and staying in that dynamic that weren't necessarily healthy for me. So Mm -hmm. it was time to sort of um, center myself in terms of let's focus on the perspective of a black woman when it comes to this topic. Mm -hmm. In addition to I'm a pop culture enthusiast. I um, really love celebrating black women, black mm-hmm. joy. And so that's why the, you know, the tagline, because it's like the culture part is I'm going to talk about culture and pop culture to highlight these um, different issues around race. But there's mm-hmm. also going to be times where I'm going to just do a deep dive on the back, the bachelor or, um, (laughs) you know, uh, in the pandemic, I had my sister co-host with me and we did a bunch of, of movie reviews. And so that's fun. Yeah. And I love to feature black women that I just want to celebrate who I think are awesome. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's just, it's such a, a great means of expression. I love doing it. I love the educational aspect of it. But I always try to remind myself that whether it be Black Joy or a pop culture deep dive, that too is revolutionary in terms of it coming from a Black lens Mm -hmm. and um, the joy sort of inherent to it. So that sort of living example of Black Lives Matter as well. So it's it's really um, a, a big part of 
my storytelling, even though it's more, you know, about it's more talking and they're not like fictional. Right, scenarios. right, right. But, you know, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, everybody's has stories and it's all stories. And that's yeah. and it's wonderful to have these outlets to be able to, to put that out there more. So right. um, how often do you put out your podcast? Well, one of the things that helped me kind of free myself from that, as I'm sure you kind of grapple with sometimes is sometimes the pressure about staying on schedule or, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I feel burnt out, but I oh, yeah. promise such and such episodes. So I produce seasons, but I've given myself the license to, you know, declare hiatus whenever mm-hmm. the hell I want. <laughs> and then, so the last time I was taking a break, I decided though, if I wanted, I would have pop-up episodes. And so I've had a few in the past few months, pop-up episodes that kind of just show up and I promote them and let people know they're not within any specific sort of season launch or anything. Mm -hmm. And then right now I'm in the process of um, kind of coming up with what my next episodes will be and sort of deciding that, do I want it to be season based? Do I want to just continue to do pop-up episodes? Mm -hmm. How do I want to use the platform? Um, But I think I'm going to try to, I'm going to be doing another season. And if I did, they'd be bi-weekly episodes. Yeah. Um, How do you come up with your topics for your show? Is it, do you do just, you see something in the news, you're like, oh, that sparked something inside of me. Or, or is it a situation where like, I was thinking about this issue that uh, the other day from years ago, and it's just brought up new feelings, or is it just kind of a catch-all, like whatever you have in your heart that day is what you want to talk about? Yeah, it's definitely a catch-all. It's definitely instinctive where, you know, one of my pop-up episodes this summer was called Avenging Nell Carter <laughs> because I'm obsessed with her. And I realized she just has never really truly gotten her flowers. You know, so I'm I- like, gosh, darn it. I'm doing an episode just celebrating Nell Carter. And so it's that sort of a thing. Like I was suddenly thinking about her one day and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do an episode about her. <laughs> that's awesome. Often it's stuff that's, you know, going on and trying to draw connections and, um, but I always try to let what interest interests me lead me mm-hmm. and what moves me lead me. So it doesn't start to feel like an obligation. Right. Right, right, right. And, and cause we all start these for a reason to express right. ourselves for certain reasons. Right. And if you're just doing it to, because you're, you know, I got to get something out there. I'm just going to yeah. sit here and chat for a little bit. I mean, if you don't have at least some, something interesting to say, don't, right. don't say it. Cause I mean, right. your audience isn't going to want to listen to it if it's not interesting to you. Right. So um, yeah, might as well let it inspire you the right way. Where can, where can we find Tanya's take? Are you on uh, Apple and all that good stuff or you have a website yeah. where it goes through? So I'm on Apple, I'm on Stitcher, I'm on Podbean, uh, sort of the um, usual places where you would find them. Um Thinking about like I just got an email from Amazon saying we have a platform now. There's um trying to sort of expand that reach and stuff, but um mm-hmm. the, the the major outlets um I'm on all of those in particular Apple podcasts. All right. Great, great. It's Tanya's take is the name of the show. Go find that and subscribe and start listening. Oh, um, I also say if I may. Yes, you may. Um, I have a platform called Buy Me a. Pl- Buy me a platform. Buy me a coffee, which is um, I saw that. Well, talk yeah. about that because I it's such <laughs> coffee. I mean, come on, buy your coffee. What's going on? Oh my god! That? 
first of all, I love mugs and I love the, I have a romantic relationship with coffee, even though I'm not that big of a coffee. I mean, I like coffee, but mm-hmm. it's like, I love like holding a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. mugs. And, oh. and so there's this site called buy me a coffee where uh, I'm creating original content, including, you know, bonus podcast episodes, um, educational pieces, essays, excerpts from an upcoming possible solo show. Um, and for $3 a month, you have um, exclusive access to um, this original content that I'm creating. And it's just a way to sort of specialize a little bit what I mm-hmm. do. And um, I'm really enjoying the platform. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think if you just, it's actually, it's on my website, Tanya okay. Richard, but um, that's a way to support. Um, but then of course, there's always the podcast. That's great. Buy me a coffee. I love that. And that's perfect. Yeah. It's like for three bucks a day. You well, know? Right. Well, three bucks a month. And then oh, three bucks a can... month even. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's you... better. Or you can just tip and like literally like in spirit be like, get yourself a cup of coffee, you know, like you don't have to be a member. So there's <laughs> right. different tiers, which is fun. Um, Tanya, we have come to, <laughs> I could never say this right. And it's my show and I've been 20 something <laughs> episodes. I always say my favorite part of the show, but there's only two parts. They're both my favorite. So it's the second part of the show. And it's the part of the show I like to call same three questions. Same three questions. Ooh, love and, it. And these are the exact same three questions I ask all my guests. I just questions that I like to, to just, they're fun for me. And I learn a little bit more about you. And awesome. uh, I've recently turned this to a contest. So uh, you get one point for each correct answer. <laughs> Uh, so three questions, same three questions. Uh, first question is, is if you could have one superpower, which would it be and why? To, (laughs) oh my God, this is so shallow. Okay. Um, wow. I've just revealed a lot about myself to be able to eat whatever I want and not stress about, um, body. Hey, issues. that's, and, and also not necessarily about, that's a, that's a health issue thing too. So it's not so bad. You're still wanting to be healthy. Thank so you. like, I I have, I'll, I'll agree with that. Cause I mean, right now I am just wanting to rock back a box of cookies and a full burrito and, yeah. and then perhaps like some, some sandwiches and a little well for a snack, <laughs> but I can't, I can't do that. Cause not but, only am I get unhealthy, my heartburn rocks out the door. So that I'm on board with. But also, of course, feeding all the starving children in the world as well. <laughs> and oh, yes, 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 yes. Well, taking all the starving children in the world to the Golden Corral buffet so we can all <laughs> eat as much as we can. So, yes, right. I, I'll right. agree. Yes. Okay, great. So just the power of eating and staying healthy. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of leads into the next one. That's right. You got that answer, right? That is the one point for you. Correct. Thank that you. is the correct answer. Nice. Work. Thank you. Uh, which leads kind of into the second question. If after you died you were reincarnated as a sandwich, which sandwich would that be and why? And can we only have one or can I have two? <laughs> you can, I'll give you two sandwiches. Absolutely. You. You'd still get to one point, but it's, you know, get two sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, peanut butter and jelly because okay. it, it never fails you. It's um, a classic. And like a Thanksgiving sandwich, like turkey mm-hmm. with cranberry sauce and really mm-hmm. good bread. Oh, and like, yeah. Yeah. That day after that day after Thanksgiving sandwich is but even a version of it like at a restaurant, like they're oh it doesn't even have to have the turkey, like if it's cranberry and apple and cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of sandwich. I love it. Okay, that's great. So peanut butter sandwich for mm-hmm. classic stuff. Peanut butter and, and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly. What uh, what kind of jelly? Strawberry. Strawberry. Oh, strawberry. See, I'm yes. a grape, I'm a grape jelly guy for my peanut butter sandwiches. 
Uh, so we got a strawberry peanut butter jelly sandwich and then the Thanksgiving sandwich, both of those, you know, for the short time we've known each other. Yes. I'd back you and say that those sandwiches would definitely represent, represent you ah. uh, <laughs> because classic. And also with the, ter- with the Thanksgiving sandwich, you get like, uh, like with your resume, all these great things put together in this one, one perfect spot. So I love <laughs> it. So that's great. So that's great. So that's two. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a point for that. That's that's two for two so far. You're doing great. Just got to get this third one right. I and feel you'll good. Win. I feel good. Just got to get the third one right. And you win. Cause you have to get all three. I forgot. <laughs> um, question number three. Hey, Tanya, blue or green? Blue, green, blue, green. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, shit. That's not a good answer. The answer was actually green. You said Damn it. First. I was going to say that. It's okay. It would have been wrong no matter what. So two out of three ain't bad. That's oh, pretty great. Okay. Pretty I'll great. take it. Has anybody ever gotten three? No. Oh, okay. Good. No, no one will ever get that last one right. As I've said before, <laughs> that is a bit that's just for me. But you get really invested. So then you really feel like, oh, oh absolutely. It's, it's <laughs> as soon as you tell somebody it's a contest and there are points, they're like, I'm going to fucking get all these right. That's hilarious. And as soon as you stop somebody from getting it right, they're like, oh, you saw I was going to win. <laughs> and then somebody one day was like, what was I going to win? I'm like, nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. If you want, I'll write congratulations on a paper. I can mail it to you. You'll need to send me a stamp. Um, Tanya, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Um, where can, uh, are you a social media person? If people wanted to find, Oh, do you have anything coming up soon that we should be looking out for? And where can we find information about that? Tell us everything where we can find you. Uh, well, you can find my original content on buy me a coffee. Um, I am at Tanya's take on Instagram. Okay. That's my primary social media. Um, and coming up is just a lot of writing and um, opportunities to do more anti-racism education. Some TV stuff that I have coming up, which is fun, um, but I can't direct anybody to that yet. So I would say at Tanya's take um, and um, buy me a coffee. Yeah, buy, buy, buy this lady some coffee, people. Right? Go get some coffee and yeah. follow her and find out what's going on because now I'm interested in this. TV stuff we can't talk about. I love the mystery mm-hmm. shrouded behind all these projects Very these days. Stuff. Very top secret. You're in the new Marvel movie, aren't you? You're, yeah, that, you're ha- just doing the Marvel shit. universe. Now they're going to fire me. Yeah, no, no. They can't fire you because I figured it out. You didn't tell me. So that's good point. Good point. Legally, you didn't, on, you didn't mess up your contract. It's recorded. So we have it's witness. recorded. And we'll just blackmail them into giving me a part two. It's totally that's fine. Right. That's yeah, right. uh, yeah, it'll be great. Um, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate your time. It's great to get to know you. She is a fucking delight. Be sure to check out her podcast, Tanya's Takes, and follow her on all her social media so you can keep up with what she's doing because she's fucking cool. Thanks for coming on, Tanya. I appreciate your time. Oh, hey, speaking of time, please take a couple minutes to go rate and review the show. That's how we get the word out. Give us five stars if you like it that much. Give us four stars if you like it. Four stars worth. I don't care. And also, don't forget to go check out Junk Drawer, all the same places you find this show, junk drawer from big talk podcast rate and review well that about does it for this episode as always i'd like to thank mr jason moody for our kick-ass theme song and my dear friend miss corbett pasco for our three question stinger be sure to join us next episode when we sit down with a new guest and ask them that burning question who the fuck are you 
blah, blah, blah. Big talk.